0: Welcome to the World in 10, the big news stories of the day explained and analysed by the Times of London. Today with Stuart Willey and Laura Cook.
1: The deadline to extend Gaza's pause in fighting came and went. Rockets and bombing have resumed. We explain why the talks failed and contemplate what happens next.
0: We begin in Gaza, where very early this morning, the week-long ceasefire came to an end. As the deadline approached, Israeli air raid sirens sounded. Israel defense forces say Hamas then started launching rockets, but they were intercepted.
1: Then Israel's airstrikes on Gaza restarted, pounding the territory. But just hours before the deadline, Qatar had said negotiations to extend the pause were going well. The Times correspondent Richard Spencer is in Israel and he told us about the sticking point.
2: What we understand happened was that Hamas did not come up with an acceptable list of 10 um, women and civilian hostages overnight. So uh, Israel said, well... That's uh, that's it then. And the violence resumed. Unconfirmed report is that Hamas were only offering seven women and children and three bodies. And Israel said, no, we don't want bodies. We want live women and children. We think that there are 20 to 30 women and children still in Gaza, and they have to come out first before we talk about anything else
0: as the violence resumes israel's airstrikes have hit in the south of gaza the hamas controlled health authority says more than a hundred have been killed dozens more injured a un spokesman says hell on earth has returned at the hospitals they're overwhelmed rob holden is with the world health organization he's been in one of those hospitals today
2: you know the the only way to describe it it's like a horror movie
0: When you walk in there,
2: uh, there are patients on the floor uh, with the most traumatic injuries that you can imagine, essentially battlefield trauma. Um, uh, You know, the patients are given the best possible care, but the number of staff available is relatively small. Many of the staff have fled with their families or have been killed.
1: Gazans are fearful because the intensive bombing today has hit areas of the south that Israel previously called safe, including the city of Yunis, where leaflets have been dropped warning people to move to Rafah on the crowded border with Egypt. Rafa also hit by airstrikes today.
0: With that bombing, Egypt and the Red Crescent say much-needed aid has stopped crossing into the territory. Beyond the release of 110 hostages, getting some food and medical supplies into Gaza was a ray of hope from the week-long pause in a conflict that has killed 15,000 Palestinians.
1: But as hostilities restart, US Secretary of State Antony Blinken has called on Israel to change tactics to save civilian lives. The Times correspondent Richard Spencer told us talks are still going on for another truce.
2: We've had the Mossad director, the director of the CIA, the prime minister of Qatar, the security chief of Egypt, all in Qatar negotiating this process. So that process, if you like, is easier. On the other hand, Israel's demands have not changed. And Israel says we are going to carry on fighting until Hamas is destroyed or surrenders, uh, which it won't do. In a sense, these hostages, uh, these ceasefires are a diversion. They're only delaying the inevitable.
0: With the Times digital subscription, read more about the panic and fear in Han Yunus as the bombs start to fall again.
1: We're in dangerous territory and dreadfully far off track. Those are the stark warnings being heard at the COP28 climate summit in Dubai. King Charles has addressed delegates and it's fair to say he hasn't watered down his words.
0: How dangerous are we actually prepared to make our world? Dealing with this is a job for us all. Change will come by working together and making it easier to embrace decisions That will sustain our world rather than carry on as though there are no limits or as though our actions have no consequences. The dangers are no longer distant risks. I have seen across the Commonwealth and beyond countless communities which are unable to withstand repeated shocks whose lives and livelihoods are laid waste by climate change. The King is joined by more than 100 heads of state and government, delegates from nearly 200 countries for this two-week conference. In his speech, he also made reference to the climate goals set down in the 2015 Paris Agreement, which had been a landmark moment of hope and optimism, but we've now reached alarming tipping points. The UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, agreed.
2: We are miles from the goals of the Paris Agreement, and minutes to midnight for the 1.5 degree limit. But it is not too late. The 1.5 degree limit is only possible if we ultimately stop burning all fossil fuels. So allow me to have a message for fossil fuel company leaders, lead the transition to renewables using the resources you have available. And I urge governments to help industry make the right choice by regulating, legislating, putting a fair price on carbon.
1: The conference began on Thursday with a great start. Nations including the UK and the United Arab Emirates agreed a fund to give money to countries damaged by climate change and the UK Prime Minister pledged £1.6 billion of green funding. But how much can people read into promises like this are they just words well Laura Clark is a former diplomat and the CEO of environment law charity Client Earth and she told us pledges like this are only the start it's one thing to make a commitment or a pledge and it's another thing to actually deliver on that and so we see it's critically important for countries to legislate to really bring down um, emissions and we're here really watching what happens watching what governments and corporates are doing and standing ready to hold them to account Uh, through litigation if necessary, if Mm. they don't do what they need to.
0: So warnings, pledges, funding, it's all pretty easy to say. But King Charles ended his speech with a simple message. Harmony with nature must be maintained. The earth does not belong to us, we belong to the earth
1: clashes before a European football match last night have seen calls for a Polish team to be thrown out of the tournament. The match was between Aston Villa in the West Midlands in the UK and travelling side Legia Warsaw. What happened before the game meant away fans weren't allowed into the ground to watch their team play.
0: Flares and bottles were thrown at police. 46 people were arrested, four officers injured, as well as two horses and two dogs. These fans, Richard and Noel, were at the game.
2: I saw a police officer set on fire. There were kids with blood on them because they got caught up in it. The police did what they, what they had to do and put them in the coach path. There was loads of flares going off. Um, one of the uh, police ladies got struck with the flare, which was pretty bad. Um, what we've seen is videos all going around Villa Park of all the uh, violence that had happened.
1: The Polish club has blamed Aston Villa's approach to ticket allocation, but the local mayor has asked European football bosses to take strong action and the police chief constable who also heads up football policing in the uk mark roberts has said that the polish side have become well known for appalling fan behavior and he's recommending they should be thrown out of the europa conference league altogether
0: Let's look towards the European elections next year now. And no, we're not going to give you a political broadcast, but more on how a Michelin-starred chef in France is joining a new movement to defend traditional countryside values.
1: Pierre Gagnier is currently promoting a film in New York, which he has advised on. But his attention will soon turn to next year, where he'll stand for Rural Alliance. Now, this party has been pulled together with Hunter's bullfighting enthusiasts and rugby players as they try to counter vegetarians and ecologists at the ballot box. And Times correspondent Adam Sage is in Paris and he explained to us what we can expect from this decision to stand.
2: He's running really to defend what what he says traditional French cuisine. Uh, He clearly thinks it's threatened by a fashion for veganism and vegetarianism and what he called a couple of years ago the dictatorship of vegetables. I think that his candidacy can be seen as a, as a shot across the bowels of vegetarians, of ecologists, of all the people that the rural alliance describe as townies interfering in their countryside ways, um, which, which Pierre Gagnier says will end up by interfering, um, in, in, with French gastronomy
0: as well. One to watch, certainly one leading pollster has said the creation of the Rural Alliance highlights a deep social division between what they described as the France of rib steak and the France of quinoa.
1: Thanks for taking 10 minutes to stay on Top of the World with the help of The Times of London. We'll see you tomorrow.